Hiya, this is Dennis from Terraflex, and you're listening to the Jeep Talk Show. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. Are you ready? It's the Jeep Talk Show with Jeep Mama. Are you sure? Josh. Yeah, I don't think so. And Tony. I think that's a huge deal. So sit back, strap in, and brace yourself. Hey, this episode of the Jeep Talk Show is brought to you by LT Wright Knives. These heirloom quality pieces will outlast your adventure, so plan well, drive safely, and carry a LTWK. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. That's R-I-G-H-T, knives.com. Hey, we have an ongoing giveaway of the Jeep Action Magazine. It's two annual subscriptions per month. It's uh, six, uh, six, I always want to say episodes, uh, six issues per year. You know, if you listen to every episode, you'll find out more how you can get your own free subscription to Jeep Action Magazine. Can't wait? Well, check it out over at uh, the Jeep Talk Show show notes at jeeptalkshow.com and get more information on how you can subscribe to this beautiful and informative magazine today. Again, just go to jeeptalkshow.com. Hey, you know, it doesn't matter if you have a Jeep, want a Jeep, or never driven anything but Jeeps, this show is for you. Josh, Tammy, and myself are here to inform and entertain you while we talk about Jeeps. Damn it, I'm talking a lot at the beginning of the show again. I'm just going to take a break the rest of the show. Hey, I'm Tony, and I wanted a Jeep all my adult life, but never got one until my late 30s. Don't be like Tony. Mm. Oh, oh, hey, is it time to wake up and make the Jeep sounds? Okay, my, my name's Josh, and since I was a little kid, I've been a gearhead and a Jeep enthusiast. Hey, and I'm Tammy, a.k.a. Jeep Mama, and when I was a kid, I didn't even know about Jeeps. It took me decades, decades, decades to discover them. <laughs> yeah, ooh, that's, that doesn't have a top. I like that. <laughs> hey, Josh, what's coming up on this episode of the Jeep Talk Show? Well, Tammy, as always, I'm glad you asked. We have Adam Jones. He joins us. He's a Jeeper, a Jeep owner, and a UPS employee, as well as a former serviceman. So glad to have him on board. This week in Jeep, we're going to hear how Jeep has pissed off the masses once more, <laughs> this time with a TV ad. And is it the weather or the moon? Well, we're going to look at a scary trend growing in the Jeep world as well. Tammy vents some road rage and Wrangler talk and lists the top five things people do that annoy her when it comes to her Jeep. And from the mind of Nikki G, Sir Craps a lot is back, so you better grab a tissue and a roll of newspaper. You might need some rubber gloves, too. Now we got a lot uh, more, so stick around. <laughs> Local Jeep News, National Jeep News, and news from around the world. It's This Week in Jeep. This Week in Jeep is, of course, brought to you by Amazon.com. Looking for a way to support the show? I bet you are. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, press the big Amazon button there, You'll be taken to the magical land of Amazon online shopping. While there, anything you purchase will give the show a few cents while costing you absolutely nothing else. If you like what you hear or have gotten any benefit from what we do here, then please consider giving back. That's jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and look for the big Amazon button. What we call this earmuffs for your eyes. You remember like, uh, you know, back when the kids were little uh, and you were about to cuss at the TV and you turned them really quickly and say earmuffs. And the kids would throw their fingers in their ears or put their hands over their ears and you could cuss away and they would pretend not to hear you. But we're going to need to do this for your eyes here coming up very soon. 
Jeep was probably hoping to break the internet recently when it posted the Super Bowl commercial for its new pickup to YouTube this week. Instead, it broke the hearts of most of us diehard Jeep fans. Crusher is the name for the ad, and it's appropriate. It's sort of a dark and gloomy commercial. It starts off with a classic 1963 Jeep Gladiator pickup having its dignity removed by being completely hauled through a junkyard on the forks of a large forklift. Immediately, your guts say, oh no. Sure enough, the Jeep-carrying forklift pulls up to one of those squish-and-smash car crushers. Gleaming panning camera shots show the towering hulk as a mass of iron beams and teeth, a sheer monster to any vehicle of the of any any vehicle of any era, really. The forklift pulls away, leaving the beautiful, only slightly dinged and dirty gladiator pickup to its doom. Barely any patina, having all of its glass and trim, and I can't see any rust on the thing. And then it begins. Hydraulic pumps start up. The giant steel plate begins to lower. And it's all you can do to not cry out and yell at the bad TV to stop this horrific nonsense and free that poor old Jeep. But no. In in what can only be described as a poignantly graphic detail, the commercial cuts to various zoomed-in views of the crushing. An inside cab shot, a close-up of the driver's side window and B-pillar. Back and forth, the glass is subtly breaking, the cab roof collapsing and coming in on you. It jumps to the front corner of the Jeep where, as in a last-ditch effort to cling onto life as the hood is mangled and pushed in, a headlight suddenly begins to illuminate, then tragically dims and flickers out in the Jeep's final moments. It's not all doom and gloom, however. The poor crushed Jeep is resurrected like Popeye eating spinach and begins to reform itself. It's coming back to life. Hydraulic hoses snap, break, and flail about. The piston is reversing. The giant steel plate is rising. Beams are falling, and smoke and steam are spewing forth. And we start to see it. For this panel. First the panel, and then that. Modern paint. And then the final shot. The all-new 2020 Jeep Gladiator pickup standing proud like the Phoenix reborn from the ashes. We, we get the point. But it didn't take long for the commercial, the comments to roll in nonetheless. <laughs> Thousands of Jeep fans, more triggered than a rainbow-haired social justice warrior chanting at a college campus rally, they came pouring in. Anyone else got upset at the thought of them crushing a Jeep, one said? Well, they did. Lots of them did, in fact. And they posted comments like, y'all about to get a lot of hate for crushing that. <laughs> one person even begged to be told that they what they saw was just CGI or computer-generated uh, imaging. Please, please tell me the crushing is all CGI. Crushing any older Jeep is like killing a unicorn. One other person said if they really crushed an older Jeep, they should be put in jail for treason. Well, that was horrifying, another person said. If this wasn't CGI, then it's a travesty. It wasn't CGI. According to hardworkingtrucks.com, after the comments started coming in, Jeep had no choice and updated the video's caption to add, quote, This inoperable 1963 Jeep Gladiator (laughs) depicted here was sourced via an online scrap sales site. We wish we could have driven it while it was still alive. Well, that didn't exactly resolve the issue. (laughs) Many were saying things like, I was just saying earlier in that it looked pretty complete and straight and whatever was wrong with it, somebody out there would have saved it. Nevertheless, the video has been viewed over one and a half million times already. But if you're a fan of the old Gladiator and planning to watch the big game, well, you might want to prepare to avert your eyes and have your eye earmuffs ready when that dusty scrapyard shows up on the screen after a score. You know, this is something that that even a lot of Jeepers uh, don't seem to to feel whenever uh, whenever I see something like on social media. There's a, a very well known, I believe, well known 
uh, image of a bar that somebody has taken, uh, like a TJ, and you see you have basically half of the TJ, which is part oh, of the bar. Yeah, and it and, and they have a rock there, and they've made kind of an off-road motif there, and it's it's like a, a in a man cave, and uh, part of the, they got a roll bar on it. it. It's really nice, very well done. But when I see that, I think. There is a Jeep that could have been saved that could have been rolling out on the, the, the road. Now, I don't know. Maybe it was it was crushed horribly on the side and the you know, and they had to cut it in half to, to make this thing and it looks really cool, but but I still think that's a Jeep that could have still been been alive and being going off road. So I know what you're I can saying. understand I, this. I've got a buddy who who's a big Jeep fan as well, and and he's got a, a grill. I mean, almost a whole front clip, and minus the the fenders um, of a CJ a CJ five, might even be a CJ two three, whatever. It's it's the front grill of of a CJ hanging in his garage, and I'm like, man, I I, I know there's some people out there that would kill for that body steel right there because it's mm-hmm. in just pristine condition, you know. And it's just one of those things to where, you know, he's turning it into some artwork, but, you know, somebody else who's doing a resto mod yeah. or a full restoration, you know, would give their left, you know, what for, for that metal hanging on his wall. So, um, it's just, yeah, I, I, I feel, you know, for, for this sort of stuff and, and to hear and see that this was indeed a genuine 1963 G, uh, gladiator and it really was in decent decent condition i'm mean, re- honestly one of the better gladiators that i've seen um as far as condition wise especially you know what you see out here in the northwest so uh yeah it, it, this one got to me a little bit i mean obviously i'm not i'm not you know up in arms and, and sending jeep a sternly worded e- email in regards to this but uh but yeah i'm going to talk about it on the show <laughs> you know I, i'm just thinking after you reading this and hearing the reactions my uh, stellar idea of uh, doing a GoFundMe so we could have purchased a uh, 2015 uh, Cherokee uh, yeah. <laughs> and, and just beating the hell out of it and doing a YouTube video. Maybe it was good that we didn't have the 30K. Oh, probably not, you know. <laughs> yeah. <I'm just> saying. <laughs> not a good idea. <laughs> that, would have been, uh, that would have been a backfire. But I don't know. As long as people are talking about Jeep, uh, it's good, right? It, it doesn't right. initially well, have to be great. 1.5 million views, uh, yeah. I would say, is pretty good, If you, regardless of how much trash talking there is in it. Uh, you know, there, even even though there was a, a pretty nasty backlash in regards to this commercial that, for more, you know, all intents and purposes, were, was released early ahead of the Super Bowl, um, they've gotten a lot of positive feedback, too. There is a massive fan following already of the gladiator that has yet to even uh, hit showroom floors. Uh, so it, a lot of people have mixed feelings about this. Obviously nobody likes to see a classic Jeep no. that is for all intents and purposes in, in good condition be destroyed in such a manner, uh, despite it being, you know, for a quote unquote, a good cause, uh, you know, bringing, uh, you know, to forth, uh, letting everybody know the masses know about this new Jeep coming. It, it, they, they could have done it a little differently. I, I would agree that maybe CGI would have been a better, better bet. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, nothing beats the real thing, but man, come on is this is like killing a unicorn. Yeah. I, uh, and, and, and no offense to anybody that's been involved in one. Uh, but I think, uh, the only way a Jeep should be destroyed is whenever it's uh, having some fun and, and a rollover occurs. That's the that's the only time that uh, a jeep should be messed up so that you can't uh, rejuvenate it. But you know what? We can we have the technology. We can rebuild it. Uh, even that yeah. somebody could go and break into that guy's house and get that half a jeep and, and rebuild it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> well, have either of you seen the commercial that I was just talking about? I have about? not. Okay, I, this is the first I've heard I'm of. I'm waiting it. for the Super Bowl. 
I don't like oh, Yeah. <laughs> I want to be get surprised. the full effect. <laughs> You're watching well, It's the, all over social media. It's all over YouTube. It's all over the web. Uh, if you just type in Jeep Crusher, uh, likely you're you're gonna find it, uh, but uh, if you, if you want, go check it out early. You don't want to wait for the game. Uh, very easy to wait. go find uh, find the video. Oh, okay. uh, and uh, well, we'd, we'd love to hear what you think about it. You know, after them running through the uh, the creek that they made uh, for the oh. JL, oh my I was God, uh, yes. I was afraid you were gonna read something about them crushing baby ducklings or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> CGI <laughs> no, no, baby good. And, and the, and the whole fish. bed was full of baby seals. Yes, and, and, <laughs> <laughs> I did it. So Tammy, uh, just curious, you're watching the Super Bowl. So that means the Vikings are in it, right? No, the Patriots <laughs> are uh, my team. Uh, my second team. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry oh, yeah. I feel that way. Um, <laughs> I know. So, so there's tears. To inform you, we no longer require your <laughs> I service. Know. So there's, I just lost so many. There's tears of support, things. apparently. So Patriots no, my are. My kids are huge, huge Patriot fans so because that's, of. The Madden. Clearly, football. they were raised in a pre- in, in, in the wrong way. <laughs> uh, they adopted, uh, you know, the milkman's children. Something I don't know, but uh, yeah, <laughs> they're they're clear. They're they're, uh, they're disowned. Jeep Jeep Talk Show is officially disowned. Uh, kids. I'm so glad I don't follow professional sports anymore. I'm free from all that now. <laughs> well, was it the weather or the moon? Who knows? Because uh, uh, certainly not a full moon going on right now. But in going through the week's news and stories related to Jeep over uh, this last week or so, I've seen a demonstrable increase in the number of crashes and, and crimes involving Jeeps, really. Uh, in Missouri, for instance, uh, this last week, a 20-year-old kid was so drunk that multiple calls about his erratic driving were made to the local 911 dispatch. As officers tried to initiate a traffic stop, Kid took off and crashed his Jeep, rolling it over, taking out an electrical pole and the power line, closing a major thoroughfare just before the five o'clock rush hour. Uh, just, I mean, horrific crash nonetheless. I mean, it just, but it's, it's something that could have been avoided. One of the biggest stories making the rounds is based on a dash cam video out now of a New Hampshire, um, coming out of New Hampshire, showing a Jeep Wrangler drift out of his lane and collide head on oh, with a no. semi truck traveling in the opposite direction. The, the crash is just horrific, to say the least. The Jeep in the cab of the semi-truck immediately explodes into a giant ball of fire. I mean, honestly, it's one of the worst Jeep-related accidents I've ever seen take place. Seeing this, you, you have to think there is no way that this person survived. What's amazing is that the vehicle capturing this is directly behind the Jeep as it strikes the semi-truck. Uh, the vehicle with a dash cam then hits the Jeep as it rebounds, in an accidental maneuver which likely saved the life of the 18-year-old driver, pushing him and what was left of the Jeep out of the biggest and worst of the giant fireball. The father and son who were in the vehicle recording this were able to pull the young man from his Jeep, further ensuring that he lived. Heroic efforts from a couple of people who not only witnessed but were involved, to a degree, in this horrible accident. Uh, in Spring Lake, Michigan, uh, another one, a FedEx semi-truck was uh, making a turn when a, co- a county snowplow who didn't see the lights of the semi-truck swerved to avoid it last minute and struck a motorist in a Jeep trying to get home. The woman driving the Jeep suffered minor injuries, but all of this brings to mention something that I believe is a dying commodity in drivers nowadays, and that's paying attention. Now, I went on a bit of a, of a rant several episodes back talking about how, how all this new driver assistant technology is breeding oh, a new gee. form of drivers who are complacent, lazy, and no longer have the reaction time or the wherewithal to make an aggressive last-minute avoidance maneuver. Now, that's not to say that I'm blaming any of these drivers for what happened in their respective incidents. 
especially with this polar vortex thing happening and having such a negative effect on roads in the Midwest. But with all that snow, ice, and cold, it's even more of a, more essential that people forego the technology that is supposed to be there to make driving safer and more enjoyable and start getting back to the skills that actually make us competent drivers. Coming home uh, yesterday, I think it was, it was uh, rainy out, and uh, I was uh, behind a, a commercial van. And I say commercial, it had uh, some decal from some company, uh, uh, AC type type thing is what I... Now, are we talking like a box van, or are we talking yeah, about no. like a, like an econo line, just like a Ford van van? Uh, well, the box, I guess, would be like for deliveries and stuff. I'm just talking about like a commercial, I'm sorry, like a somebody, something that an individual driver could own. But it's okay. being but it's being used for, for a company, and uh, they were erratic in their braking. And I thought Uh-oh. perhaps they they thought I was uh, coming uh, a little too close to them. I always do the two second rule, but I've had people where they'll do erratic braking. You know, if you're not you know six hundred feet away from them. So now you just, are you talking about like just on and off the brakes constantly, or are we talking like brake checking? N- not uh, nothing I could say that it was a, a definite brake check, but braking hard. On occasion, mm. a lot of brake lights on and off, and then uh, braking hard on occasion. Not so much where I had really had to do anything, but uh, irritating. Anyway, yeah. uh, when I got on, uh, when I, we got off of uh, six ten onto I ten, uh, I I drove by and I was uh, I, I didn't I don't really turn my head and look at people, but I glanced uh, as I was passing by. Had the cell phone now, in the horizontal position on <laughs> top of the steering wheel, being held by both hands. And I think he was doing the steering with his his arms on the on the steering wheel. So I don't know if he was watching a YouTube video or playing a game, but this guy's driving at seventy miles an hour erratically on and and he works from for somebody that has their logo on the vehicle and it wasn't a how's a, a my local company yeah one eight hundred that wasn't D- yeah <laughs> that wasn't on there for obvious reasons this wasn't a a local thing this was like a national brand that was on there and now i was driving you know my, my jeep's down because of the uh, radiator uh, issue that I, i'd sent both of you guys so i didn't have my dash cam with me otherwise <laughs> you'd be directed to look at our show notes so you can see it for yourself well, if you have a news tip or response to any one of our stories, we would love to hear what you have to say. Make sure to let us know by phone or by email. Just head over to jeeptalkshow.com contact and find out how to reach out to us. Coming up a little bit later in the show, interview with Adam Jones. He's a regular Jeeper just like you and I, Jeep owner and a UPS employee, and he is going to share his Jeep story with us in a little bit. Now you can hear more Jeep Talk Show goodness by installing the Jeep Talk Show app. Just go to Apple or Google Store, search for Jeep Talk Show, and hit that install button. Not only will you have the latest episode, but our entire library of shows. Plus, and only on the Jeep Talk Show app, you'll have access to bonus content. Look for the bonus content icon on the Jeep Talk Show app and hear what goes on after the interview and after the show. Hey guys, this is Roger with uh, my buddy. Uh, just finished uh, listening to you guys' show uh, at work. I'm- I actually work with FedEx. I'm driving, I drive every, every night to Cyprus. I just try to cut a few things. Um, uh, hey, what a show. Um, you guys did a really great job. Loved it. Uh, honoring, good to see memory. Um, very unfortunate. It happened, but, um, you guys did a great job honoring his memory. Um, on a lighter note, uh, we covered that intro, uh, I like that, uh, 
Tammy's, uh, are you sure? I think you guys should add, uh, maybe something, uh, Josh said about his songs. Um, anyway, uh, you guys have a great, uh, great week. Uh, wait for the next one. Thanks, guys. So I, I warned you guys that it was a little muddy and a little hard to, to understand, but I think it was amazing that uh, a great job came through loud and clear every time he said it. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, for those who uh, were unable to, to hear the gist of that, uh, he gave us some kudos uh, about uh, last week's episode. Uh, we kind of paid homage to, uh, uh, to Pistol Pete Soren, off-road racer who lost his life here recently. Uh, and uh, said he mentioned uh, he liked uh, liked the new intro we have to the show as well, and uh, told us to keep up the good work. So yeah, he liked the uh, "Are you sure that uh, Tammy is known for?" Right, uh, was talking about trying to trying to get uh, something in there about uh, Josh's gong. Uh, oh, or, you know, whatever I'm glad you could so. hear that. I was wondering if <laughs> yeah. Josh's something. I think yeah. I hope it was gong, but uh, uh, yeah, I think I think that, that was the direction he was going. You know, that's, that's what we're sticking with. <laughs> so, that's our story. Nonetheless, sticking with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nonetheless, Roger, thanks uh, very much uh, for for the call. Appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, I think that well, that call came in just a, a mere hour, hour and a half after the show was released, and it was released late last week because we had some uh, some technical issues here. It, it actually wasn't released till almost uh, midnight on Friday. Oh wow! Yeah, that is late for us. Yeah, it really is. Hey, coming up in Tech Talk, we're going to be continuing our multi-part series and working on your Jeep's electronics. You're listening to a 4x4 Radio Network podcast. You most certainly are, you lucky listener, you. And uh, well, if you don't know about the 4x4 Radio Network, we'd like for you to go check it out. Got something there for you and all your friends, in fact, regardless of what they drive. Uh, you know, we've got the 4x4 Radio Network there. Our 4x4RadioNetwork.com is the website. We've got the On the Trail podcast there. The uh, Trail Chasers podcast is there well, as well. Uh, the Center Steer podcast is a lot of fun, too. Can't forget about Dan and the 4x4 podcast. A little something for everybody over there. If you haven't been recently, go check it out. A lot of great off-road audio, all podcasts. It's all for free. 4x4RadioNetwork.com. We'll see you there. Shut up and listen. Shut up. Shut up. So shut up. You don't shut up. Man, shut up, Shane. Hey, shut up and listen. It's time for Wrangler Talk. It's time for G-Mama. It's time for another G-Mama Top 5. Yes, and this is my top five things people do that annoy me when it comes to my Jeep. Tony and Josh, I... I'm always looking for YouTube video ideas, and when that happens, I usually go to my kids. And one of the things they say that they watch a lot on different YouTubers, not Jeep YouTubers, which is regular different YouTubers, is they always do stuff like, why I hate this, why I don't like this, <laughs> this annoys me. And I'm like, oh, I could do my top five things about my Jeep that I hate. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There is nothing that I hate about my Jeep. So this is the best I could do with that. And these are the top five things people do that annoy me when it comes to my Jeep. Number five. Okay, number five is when people don't shut my Jeep door firmly (laughs) enough. You know, you're constantly yelling at your kids to quit slamming the doors And my kids are good at doing this now, but, you know, we go pick someone up and they close the door and your door ajar light is still on. And you're like, people, this is a Jeep. You don't have to be, you know, 
soft and delicate with it. So when people don't shut my door firmly enough. Number four. Road salt guys. I hate them. <laughs> and we have them all over. And even if there's a threat of snow or ice or anything, they're pouring this crap on our roads. And if you have a Jeep, you hate it because this salt will get on your Jeep. And my Jeep, Tony, is no longer black. You'll be happy to know. My Jeep <laughs> is a dull, light, white, gray, icky. And it gets all over your hands, your clothes. So road salt, guys. I don't like you. Go away. I wonder if I can uh, talk Maryland into buying tons and tons of iron-rich salt. Then it oh. could be red Red salt. Actually, you know what's funny is Nate sent me a picture or tagged me in a picture on um, YouTube or, I mean, Facebook, and it was purple road salt. He's oh. like, well, you might like this. And I'm like, no, I don't think so. I don't like any road salt. Number three. Okay, I know you guys all can relate to this, and it's internet trolls. <laughs> you all just need to you. get off the internet, especially when you're on Jeep forums and there's so many new Jeepers out there and, you know, they're looking for answers to their questions and they go to these Jeep forums and all they do is they get criticized and they get told, you know, you should search it on Google. And I'm like, why do you even have a Jeep form mm -hmm. if you're going to be jerks to these new jeepers you need to welcome them into the family and help them out and you know you're the one with all the experience and stuff so quit being an internet troll you know i blame the uh infrastructure in america for not uh, uh keeping these bridges up to date all these trolls are coming out and getting on the internet <laughs> yep yep it's a bridge troll joke so <sighs> <laughs> number two Okay, I would admit I was one of these people, but people who complain because they're not getting a Jeep way back. You know, you see this all the time on Facebook, people posting up, oh, I'm so mad I didn't get a Jeep wave. And I will admit I was one of these people. But until recently, you know, as I'm driving to work, your your mind's on 50 gazillion other things and you're you're driving and you're kind of focused, you know, like that tunnel vision. And this Jeep goes by you and you catch the wave out of the corner of your eye and you're like, oh, poop, I forgot yeah. to wave. Yeah. And you feel <laughs> really bad. Huh? <laughs> All you feel, the time. Yeah. <laughs> you feel bad. No, I don't. <laughs> so anyway, you know what? Maybe that other person who didn't wave to you was really distracted too. They had a lot on their mind and, you know, whatever it is. Um, so get over it. You know, I'm sure they meant to wave and they just caught you at the last minute. Instead of, also, instead of just being distracted when we're in our Jeeps, let's get everything off our mind, turn the music on, and just take in being in the Jeep. So quit being distracted in your Jeep and quit complaining about not getting away back. Very zen of you, uh, Tammy. Yes, yes. My new, my new thinking. Number one. Okay, Tony, I know you're not going to like this one, but... Tammy, choose your next words very carefully. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm like thinking, okay. Okay. 
but Tony, you got to let me finish this. Um, built, not bought. I cannot stand when people are talking built, not bought. My thing is, who cares if you're buying instead of building, or if you're not changing your own oil and you're having a professional do it, or if you're a mall crawler, or if you're an off-roader, or if you go to Jeep shows. You know, that's the beauty of a Jeep. We can all be our own people with our Jeeps. We can all build them if we want. We can do some of the mods if we want. We can weld mods on. We can have a Jeep dealer put our mods on. You know, we can have red Jeeps. We can have purple Jeeps. We can have black Jeeps. That's what's so fun about being a Jeep owner. So built, not bought. Let's all stop saying that because we're all awesome built or bought anyway well i'll just i'll just throw this in here real quick uh i don't know if you were one of those type people that whenever you went to high school and you were 16 and it was you know you got your your license to drive and uh, you're thinking uh oh gee i just want a car and then you get this car and it's five or six years old if that and it's it's really just a, a, a rundown piece of crap but it drives and you're you're happy and then there's those kids that that drive up with the the trans ams and the maybe not yeah. corvettes but you know the ones that are obviously daddy bought me's and and they just abuse the hell out of them right. that is the way i feel about the the built not bought those other things that you said i don't really include in the built not bought right. It has to do with putting the, your your sweat and learning curse words and the blood of actually making that Jeep uh, the Jeep that it is from all the toiling and effort that you do. So when I see built, not bought, I don't look at it as a criticism of uh, people and, and their uniqueness to Jeeps. I look at it as a difference, a criticism of, well, you didn't put the blood, sweat, and tears into this that I did. And... I and, and and in this I say built not bought. If I'm saying built not bought, I'm talking about the time and effort that I put into it. I'm not saying anything about you not putting time and effort into it. Well, and I but I think some people take it as you are not a true jeeper because you're not doing the work yourself. And like some of the comments on my video, they were saying, you know what? I don't have the time. I don't have the tools in my garage. I don't have the space to do it. I would love to do it, but it's just not possible. So I think, you know, there's some people would love to do it, but they just well, much like, you know, much like, uh, you know, other things in this world, you know, it can be weaponized. And, and I think that that's kind of what Tammy's referring to is, is the people who have taken this and, and turned it into more of an insult than a, a claim to, you know, their own achievements right. and stuff like that. And, and I think that's what she's referring to more, more than what you're referring to, Tony. Right. And, and it's just like with, you know, with anything, you know, it, it can be taken out of context or, right. or used in a negative manner when, you know, for all intents and purposes, its original intent was to be more of a, hey, look what I did. After I posted this video, I, what I did is I asked people to share what their things are that annoy them about their Jeep. And a couple of the things that stuck out oh, was God, yes. when people call your Jeep a car. <laughs> I hate that. Oh, I hate that. I know. And this one guy goes... Yeah, I accidentally called my Jeep a car once and my little, you know, five-year-old son goes, Dad, it's a Jeep. Kicks him um, in the shins. What are you doing, yeah. Pops? <laughs> <laughs> that child is being raised well. <laughs> um, when Jeepers say that a real Jeep is only a TJ or a two-door or a Rubicon or, you know, whatever, you know, it is. Um, mall crawlers, 
people um it annoys people who have jeeps that are just mall crawlers but they're built like rock crawlers um something similar is when you have 22 or 20 or 22 inch rims which mm, is a little bit of the the rubber wrapped around yeah them. rubber band tires yeah but if you go over to my youtube channel um, there's tons more comments about different things that um, annoy people when it comes to their Jeep. So, Tammy, are you uh, are you going to be talking about the Onion Challenge later in the show, or can I talk to you about it now? Uh, we can do it now, or I can do it later in the show. Oh, we can. That's uh, fine. You got, you got the time for I it later in the show. We, we can do yep, a little yep. teaser here that uh, yes. if you guys don't know, Tammy is going to be eating an onion because she lost. No, I don't know what happened, actually. Yes. <laughs> you, you're... I kind of lost, but uh, we're doing a recount, and it's it's <laughs> oh, all gee. it's almost like a presidential election. It's so messed so up. So has the has the DNA uh, test results come back, and you're uh, you're Polish? Is that what it? Uh, <laughs> not <laughs> <Yes>. Indian. <laughs> yeah, I am not Indian. I am this one guy at work. He goes, "You're the whitest white girl I have ever met." <laughs> um, <laughs> That's right. So, it's like a, like an episode of Maury Povich. Well, we've I taken a, the, the test, and uh, well, the results have uh, shown the onion is yours. <laughs> <laughs> the teeth marks are yours. So yeah, I did ancestry.com, and I came back all uh, everything I thought I was. So, folks, coming up later in the show, Nikki G is going to share. I don't know if, if he's going to share some good stuff about Sir Craps a lot. Oh, how could it not be good? It, I don't think it's going to be good. <laughs> hey, if you haven't heard, we're giving away stickers. All you have to do is send us a self-addressed stamped envelope, or S-A-S-E. To find out where to send it, head over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. You'll see how to contact us there. We'll respond with the mailing address and where to send your S-A-S-E. Um, I got a message today where the guy was saying, hey, the address you gave me, uh, the post office says it, it's, not an, uh, it's not a real address. And I had uh, I looked up a little bit in the the prior chat that we had had a few days ago, and I dyslexied the address. <laughs> I didn't Aww. give them the numbers, the the street number right. And got to get you some templates or forms. Or I something. told him. I said, "I'm right. so I'm so sorry. This isn't. There's a typo." And he goes, "LOL. Too late now." <laughs> So I don't, oh. I don't think I want to get it because I, I put on their nope. Jeep, Jeep talk show and the the address. I don't think that the post office is going to be able to, no. to figure it out. But we'll see. And uh, but I, I feel bad about that. Yeah, but exactly that's exactly what I told him. I said I need to start copying and pasting this stuff because you just you know, the fingers fly and they they screw up. Anyway, for a limited time, you can be a, a JTS ambassador. Just uh, get uh, you get more stickers and JTS cards. Uh, now you can leave a sticker or card under the windshield wiper of that badass Jeep you always see at mm, Target. Uh, just write ambassador on the envelope. You got tech questions? Ah, oh, what do I ever? We have answers. Oh, that's good. I just, I, it's Tech Talk with Jeep Talk. Last week, we took a little bit of a break from the tech to pay homage to a friend of the show, an iconic off-road racer, Pete Soren, who lost his life recently in a tragic off-road accident. This week, we're going to pick up where we left off in episode 368, where we talked about the best battery terminals out there, how to protect those terminals and the posts on your battery, all while warding away the possibility of corrosion. After all, just about any battery could benefit from a little preventative maintenance. We ended the segment with a promise that we'd get into every Jeeper's nightmare, and that's what to do with the previous owner's wiring. Nothing screams backyard hack job like bundles of exposed wires going everywhere. 
wires hastily tapped into circuits they shouldn't be, lengths of mismatched wire type and gauge, connections made poorly and wrapped in, is that scotch tape and bubble gum? No, seriously, it happens, and more often than you'd think. After spending 10 plus years in the automotive electrical field as both a technician and installer, I have seen it all. But that doesn't mean you have to. Nor does that mean it's too late to do something about that <clears throat> wiring job your friend's cousin did for you to put in that stereo system that's never quite sounded right. So, in the spirit of making things all nicey-nice and clean for yourself or the next person who owns that Jeep, in this episode we're going to focus on some key tips that make any install or reinstall not only go smoother, but also look better and last longer too. If you look under the dash in the or in the engine compartment of any vehicle off the showroom floor that was made any time in the last 30 some odd years, you're going to find one thing in common. Wire loom. Oftentimes referred to as split loom, its more commercial name is corrugated wire loom. Essentially, it is flexible ribbed tubing that uh, typically has a split running down the length of it, hence the term split. Split Loom is a versatile cable management solution that allows you to organize wires, cables, and cords to protect them from abrasion, corrosion, and dust. Wire Loom of any kind has one main purpose, and that's to organize the installation and clean up the wire run. It is available in split and non-split varieties, although the non-split version is oftentimes a lot more difficult to work with as it resembles more of a helix or an old spiral telephone cord and has to be wrapped around the bundles of wire loop by loop. It doesn't look as clean, and you certainly wouldn't want to run it for any length over, say, a foot or so, unless you really like arthritis in the hands. Regardless of the type, either can easily be cut to size and routed through tight areas. Wrapping harnesses in wire loom helps protect the wires and looks much cleaner, but did you know not all wire loom is the same? Most of the stuff you get at home improvement stores is not rated for vehicle use. It's not rated for the fluids and typical underhood temperatures. It'll get brittle and it will melt very, very easily. It may look the same, but it's not made out of the same type of plastic. And you're going to find that you're going to have to pull it out and redo it within a year or two or less, depending on the climate that you live in. The short lengths that they sell in auto parts stores usually rated properly, but it's also ridiculously expensive compared to online stores. Some parts stores also sell different sizes in bulk that is much more reasonably priced. So ask the guy behind the counter if they've got any in back. Also, another source for this or any installation supply really is going to be your local chain or mom-pa stereo stores. Locally, typically, they're going to be uh, they're going to have off-the-shelf packages or will sell you what uh, what you're looking for out of the shop for a basic nominal shop charge. Corrugated split loom looks okay. It does the job of cleaning things up and protecting the wire. But if you're starting a wiring job from scratch or rewiring an old Jeep from the fuse block out. Well, then you may want to splurge for something that looks and performs as good, if not better, than the stuff they're using at the factories. What I'm talking about is stuff like the Power Braid and Classic Braid kits from uh, companies like Painless Wiring. The kits come in a variety of sizes, and trust me, one of them is more than enough to do an entire vehicle. Yes, they will come at a premium price, but you get the cleanest look possible and even better protection. Not to mention, it's going to look like the factory did it when they built the thing. This stuff has been around for quite a while, and there isn't a serious Jeep or hot rod builder out there that isn't using this stuff religiously. Any big wiring job is going to be no easy task. Even installing auxiliary lights in your Jeep, I can run into several snags. And most people don't take future upgrades or additions into consideration when doing or even planning the install. Now, this makes going back in to fix something, replace a faulty unit, or add in additional lights or circuits a much more difficult job. That's why I always recommend a novice installer to lay out the routing for a wire harness outside of the vehicle. 
Yes, this is going to be a little tedious at first, but taking your time in the routing phase will yield a much nicer finished product in the end. Routing is rarely done by itself, uh, instead is usually done in conjunction with making connections or tie-ins to other circuits when necessary. It can also familiarize you with the proper way to remove and reinstall interior panels to accomplish said routing and making said connections. I used to use, I, I like to use lots of zip ties throughout the wire run um, at known anchor points when routing wires, even if the loom will later be secured by another method. This ensures that the install will have enough wire to reach the final anchor points when complete, and it probably goes without saying, but before you start wrapping things in loom and zip tying wires up out of the way, you want to test your install first. It's going to suck greatly when you spent just as long cleaning things up and routing your wires, making it look all nice and doing everything carefully and cleanly as you did installing it, just to have to tear it all out, cussing the whole way because something isn't turning on or acting right. Once tested, it's important that you're tucking and securing wire looms properly. Securing a wiring harness is just as important as wrapping it. So zip ties are better than nothing, but a cleaner, more permanent solution is using rubber-coated clamps especially when routing things between the frame rails in the engine compartment or underneath the Jeep. Not only do they keep wires out of harm's way, but they're also a lot stronger than zip ties and they don't get brittle over time. Following these tips will get your next or even current install looking a lot better and will ensure that if you or a qualified technician or even a future owner of the Jeep ever has to go back into your wiring, well, they're not going to have to spend half the day trying to figure out just what the heck you were smoking when you installed it. Next week, I'll get into some specifics when it comes to some of the tools that you may want to add that will make working on any vehicle's electronics a whole lot easier. I think I got a box of those uh, rubber-coated clamps. I don't know if it's exactly the same thing as what you're talking about, but I got them for the uh, airline hose that I need to run oh, there you go. under the Jeep. And uh, I didn't want any you know, hard uh, edges uh, for the airline hose. And also, too, I didn't want uh, to, uh, the, you know, I didn't want to use tie wraps because Obviously, those are going to get brittle over time. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, that's a great way to go for airline, especially um, because, you know, as a unibody uh, vehicle will start to flex and whatnot, if you've got, you know, hard anchor points at a radius where you're kind of going around something and bending around something, uh, you could create a pinch point. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it might take a perfect world scenario of, uh, you know, the way that you routed things and the way the zip ties are all that, but it's still possible. I can't tell you how many times that I've been out on the trail and somebody's got to pull over because their airline either got sheared or got pulled out or got kinked or bent or something. And uh, one of their device, you know, uh, traction devices isn't working properly. So it can happen all too easily. So way to go, Tony. That's a smart move. You know, and I'll just say this, uh, laying under the Jeep, looking at how to run a wire or, you know, a, a air hose. God, the drive shafts are very tempting to, to run because no, no, it's no, a very, no, no. A very yeah. short path <laughs> from the front to the back or the back I, to I the could, front. <laughs> I could almost spend an entire episode talking about just tips and tricks on, on wire routing. Um, but it just, I mean, there's so many things that you can do or that you should do or shouldn't do. It's like I, I almost want to dedicate an entire episode just to routing wire, but uh, it's a very boring subject that a lot of people are not going to be interested in. So, yeah, we'll, we'll wait for that. the book. Yeah, the, yeah the, there you a go. A good self-published Amazon <laughs> book. <laughs> we could promote it on the show for you know a, a, a measly fee. Anything to add to this? Maybe you have a question for Tech Talk. We'll just jump over to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact. Send us a message. Let us know what you have to say or the project you're working on or whatever stumped you. We'll answer your question here on the air. 
The Jeep Talk Show. It's not about us. It's about you, the listeners. It's Tim from Torrance. Hey, Jeepers, this is uh, Rob from Turner, Texas. Hey, guys, it's Cody with TrailChasers.net with another grand adventure. Hey, guys, this is Cody from Indiana. Hello, Jeep Talk Show crew. This is FJ Rick. Hi, guys. This is Joe. If a turtle doesn't have a shell, is he naked or homeless? Hey, guys, this is Ron out in Arizona. Hey, what's up? Jeep Talk Show. This is Jason, Oregon Trail Off-Road. Hi. This is Jake from California, and I'm sitting here eating pork rinds for breakfast. Hey, this is uh, PAG Freak. Hey, Tony, Josh, Danny, Secretary Jake Collin. This is John, Free Runner 1982, and on today's Radio Context segment, I'm going to talk about APRS, Anal Probe Restraint System. No! No, no, that's not right. We love our listeners. You know, I was uh, talking to somebody the other day that was uh, uh, actually doing some uh, some uh, uh, volunteer work for Pete Soren, uh, uh, to, to doing some uh, promotion of his his things and stuff. And I, I said, you know, we had tried to get uh, some uh, volunteers to help promote the show a while back, and we've had a total of three. And by far, the the best one that we ever had was PAG Freak. And yeah, uh, yeah, and it's it's so sad. It was uh, he was out of uh, out of work because of an injury, and uh, he was recuperating, and it wasn't life threatening. And uh, just one day on social media, I found out that he had passed away. I, I think he was like uh, in his uh, mid to late forties, uh, and, and those things, things like that happen, but it, it was not expected. And uh, I never did hear what it was. I I get the feeling it was probably heart related, uh, something sudden like that. And uh, I just uh, I love that promo because you you have uh, PAG Freak in there for just a, a brief moment and uh, miss him. Used to have really good uh, chats with him uh, online and uh, was our our best uh, volunteer promoter on uh, social media. That's for sure. From around the world, or from your city. And sometimes just down the street. Howdy, neighbor. It's the Jeep Talk Show interview. Howdy, boys and girls. You know, it's that time again uh, for another guest interview on the Jeep Talk Show. This week, we're going to have Adam Jones. Adam has worked at U- as a UPS driver for the last four years. He has also served in the Army uh, and has owned three different Jeep Wranglers. In his limited free time away from work, he enjoys off-roading his, uh, in his current Jeep, a 2017 Wrangler Rubicon uh, Recon 2-door. His favorite Jeep color is red or black. He's, he's playing a game with us, Tammy. And, I know. <laughs> and has been, he's just trying to be nice to you. He really <laughs> likes black. He's been into, uh, into, keeping, uh, uh, <laughs> into jeeping since he was 15. <laughs> so, Adam, uh, you, you must be uh, interested in a uh, life in politics is the reason for the, the, the love of red and black Jeeps. That's correct, yes. The, uh, <laughs> trying to play both sides of the aisle to make everybody happy. That's <laughs> not, not a bad way to be because even when people are getting smoothed, they still like it. That's right. Well, thanks a lot for being with us here tonight. Now, Adam actually filled out the uh, information on uh, uh, being a guest on the show and uh, – uh, I was, uh, when he said he, he was a UPS employee, I was, I was kind of like, well, are you here to represent UPS? And he says, no, I, I'm just a jeeper and I'd like to be on the show. And of course, 
everybody has a story to tell. So I was like, that's great. But I just want to make sure it wasn't UPS that was actually scheduling an interview with us. Because yeah. that would be a pretty big deal. Not not that you're not a big deal, Adam, but you just, you're not a multi-billion dollar company. That's correct. No, I don't have $6 <laughs> billion in the in the bank, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so you could buy a podcast really cheap. So, uh, okay. <laughs> so. So your Jeep, your uh, the 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 Jeeps that you've had, have you had red and black only, or what color what color Jeeps have you had? So my original one was a '98 TJ Sport, and that was white. Um, bought that back in high school, so that served me my junior and senior year in high school, um, and that lasted for a while. Um, unfortunately, in Minnesota, we have rusty vehicles. Oh no! Damn, I know suffers with that um, over in oh, Maryland. Oh yes, um, Tony, you're you know, able to cut down on that down in Texas. But I'm, I'm sure immune, it still happens yeah. Because of, because of the salt water. But uh, that had a pretty big rust problem. Um, I went through two clutches. That was a five-speed in that. So um, went through two clutches in that. So just eventually it got to the point that I had to get rid of it and get something a little bit more um, practical and reliable. And at that time, I wasn't really into jeeping the way I am now. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't something that I wanted to kind of keep and fix and do all that type of stuff. You know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. so I should have kept it because that would be awesome now to have, you know, a nice, you know, project on the side. But that was white. My 2007 uh, Wrangler JK, uh, Rubicon, excuse me, was kind of that maroon. I think Chrysler called it the rock lobster red um, color. And that was really pretty. That got a lot of compliments in that color. So, Rias, I have had a red Jeep, Tony, so one for you. But uh, my current one is white with the red tow hooks because of the recon kind of addition. It has, you know, the steel bumper group front and rear. So that has, you know, red tow hooks and, of course, the black hard top and black um, fenders. So I kind of have, you know, the best of both worlds, red, black, and white. So, you know, it, it works for everyone. That one by far has gotten the most kind of, you know, oohs and ahs about it so uh, every time i stop at you know a truck stop or a gas station it, it definitely turns heads that's for sure now is this your daily so, driver is this the one you take back and forth to work to the ups facility it's not i'm um, actually daily drive a honda civic uh, just like josh uh, i suppose this is a cord <laughs> but uh, i do daily has, drive a honda has it been stolen before until it's the truth it has never been stolen <laughs> yep it's never been stolen um it's actually uh, down right now with our extreme temperatures oh, in man. Minnesota. It, uh, the, the battery is quite small in that car. It only has a 1.8 liter in it. So it's just it's a very economical car, but uh, it doesn't really do well in the snow and in the extreme cold. So I actually have been daily driving the Jeep since Wednesday. You know, so that is uh, sitting in the garage. But no, it, it sits um, a lot. It's, you know, because of miles, I want to kind of keep it nice and all the type of stuff. It is still fairly new. So, you know, just trying to keep it nice and pristine. Sure. You know, it's no pavement, for instance. It does, it does get off-roaded. Um, we have a few spots up here in Minnesota that I can take it to. Um, Gilbert, Minnesota is, uh, I think, one of the state-owned trails. that uh, It's basically an adventure park, kind of like what I would imagine Roush Creek would be. Uh, where it has, of course, your levels of trails, red, green, and blue, or excuse me, green, blue, and black um, for, you know, trail ratings. But the state also has a, a few more kind of areas that I can take it to. So, yeah, it's a, it's a good time up here in Minnesota. 
so off-roading. So I know there's uh, there's some people out there that have no idea what cold temperatures are like, and of course I'm speaking of myself. <laughs> What's uh, you're what probably kind of, the only one what, in the whole country. What kind of what kind of temperatures have you been uh, you've been been experiencing there? Well, we had Wednesday morning, um, I believe at three three thirty a.m. We uh, we had reached a negative sixty one degree wind chill. Ah, wind so chill was, doesn't wind chill cold. doesn't count. Yes, it does. <laughs> count. I think I think that at that time the standing temperature outside was negative twenty six. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, it was yeah negative twenty six. So that's they say at that time five minutes for uh, for frostbite. Any unprotected skin is you know dangerous. Uh, we are under a winter weather advisory. Wisconsin declared a state of emergency. Um, oh, schools wow. were canceled mm-hmm. from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think they go back tomorrow. Um, yeah, it was it was extreme. Um, we ended up working at UPS that day. Um, it was an optional day. We had the choice <laughs> to work. But, uh, well, they had to say FedEx, that they had to say that legally. <laughs> that's right. FedEx called in sick. Um, so yeah, so they were not operating that day. Uh, besides, like their express service. So yeah, it was it was extreme. They had said that they hadn't seen this cold in over twenty years. So so I'm thinking. Something. So I'm thinking, and I don't know if you guys were making deliveries or not, but I'm thinking that if if you're out making deliveries and and it's that cold outside, you really can't pull over to take a to, to take a pee break. No, not really. I, was, I would uh, think they probably yeah. frown on that anyway. Nobody wants to see uh, the, the UPS guy uh, taking a pee break on social media. No, no, that's uh, definitely <laughs> something that they that they uh, try to avoid. So you can't you can't even take any, a leak in in that kind of weather, can you? Because you you're endangering no. something freezing and breaking off. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> that's just so wild uh, to me that it's. That Only cold. you would ask those questions, mm-hmm. Tony. <laughs> oh, we all wonder, Tammy. I'm here to ask the hard questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I remember back in, and this is going to age me quite well, back in 1989, um, before I left for the south in North Dakota, the wind chill was 80 below. Absolutely. And, yeah. yeah, it's you have to run from your vehicle into your office or your house or you would freeze right there yeah yeah we had people leaving vehicles running um, yep you know diesel trucks of course you know with the fuel gelling we ran into that um yeah it was it was extreme and just a lot of a lot of you know your pipes bursting in apartment complexes just these buildings here are built for cold but not that type of cold so it really It, it was something, you know, we, we had known about it for a while. They knew that Wednesday was going to be the day of, you know, extreme cold. So people, you know, didn't go to work. You know, you take precautions. And that's what you have to do because safety, you know, needs to come first in right. extreme weather like that. And people who live up there know what to do. I mean, people it's, down it, here would freak out. Yeah, it's a way of life up here. You know, it's just, right. it I, is what it is. I you guess know, you guys... just adjust. I, I guess you guys in Maryland uh, don't have or are not used to that because of being so close to the water, kind of like we are with the Gulf of Mexico, which kind of keeps the, the the snow and stuff away. Unfortunately, I love snow. Last time I saw snow was in 1974. Uh, <laughs> talking about aging yourself, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had five inches of snow, wow. and, and it, it snowed once uh, at the end of '73, uh, and then uh, again uh, just uh, January, February in '74. Uh, it was just amazing, and I've never been anywhere where there's a lot of snow. So that's the most snow I have ever 
uh, experience. People out there are going, boo, hiss, because they <laughs> hate the snow. I just like, wow, it'd be, be really neat. I understand it'd be hard to get around, but uh, it, it'd be fun to see, you know, once or twice. I guess maybe flying to a uh, an entertainment site would be the way to, to really experience the snow. So sure. I, I take it, as, so somebody suggested to me that I do a how to go top five tips on how to go topless in the polar vortex. But for me here, it's not that cold. But maybe Adam could do a video for us. Have you gone topless in your Jeep with these cold temperatures? Oh, my God. <laughs> no. Uh, the hard top is on right now. But you do see yeah. Wranglers running around right now with, with soft tops. How, are so the, how is, is the soft you know, tops holding you up? You could do it. You could do it. Um, a lot of people, I've, I've talked to a few, and they claim that the soft top, because of the cloth material, actually warms up faster than the hard, than the hard top. Huh. The uh, fiberglass is quite cold, so that it re- it keeps the heat, or excuse me, it keeps the cold there versus the canvas. While it it might be a little bit more drafty, probably warms up a little bit faster because there's less to warm up. Right. Oh, I can see that, but it would be. It, I would think it wouldn't insulate as well, so it'd be harder to keep the heat no. in over time. So. Absolutely. Yeah, we'd have to probably really crank the heater, you know, versus the hard top. Once it's hot, it's hot, and it stays hot. So in, in the JK, you know, the, the, the Jeep heaters, well, you had uh, a TJ, so you know that the Jeep heaters are notoriously not real, real good. How are they? How is it in the JK? Is the JK keeping you warm in these uh, polar vortex temps? It is. It's doing a great job. Um, I've never actually had complaints with my heater. Even in the TJ, I think it did pretty well. Um, but no, I run around with the heat even in the summer when, you know, no top, no doors. Because so, it, it does get chilly, you know, some days yeah. you know, in the evening. So, no, it, it does a really good job. It keeps up. It blows, you know, real hard. Um, I've had no complaints. It uh, Everything on the Jeep, you know, seems really well engineered, you know. And again, it's brand new. So, we oh, all yeah. know that. <laughs> so, so that did yours uh, did you, wrong. Yeah, did yours come with heated seats like Tammy's? It did, yep. It, uh, uh, it's you, the recon edition. You snot-nosed brats with your heated seats. I know. I know. It's nice. Especially now. Yeah. 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 I, I could see that. Because, you know, down here, I'd go, it would just be stupid to have heated seats. I mean, if, if you actually ordered yeah. it that way. Uh, but uh, whenever I, I, when I got my Jeep uh, 20 years ago, I was I was asking, what's these little squiggly lines? Does that mean bacon comes out of my, my mirrors? And they said, no, no, that's heated mirrors. So my Jeep actually right. has the upcountry package, which is normally a Colorado item, they said. but So oh, gotcha. mine was yeah. kind of winterized, which has never been a, a situation for us here. Yeah. No, my story with, with that with that Jeep was uh, it, it, it was, you know, one at the dealership. So I didn't really get to pick any options on it. So no, if I if I had my way, it would have had cloth seats because I think that those are easier to clean. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just the leather it does take a little bit more to maintain over time, especially too when you are topless. Um, and if you do get caught in a rainstorm, you know, you think, oh, leather, you can just wipe it down. No, it, the water kind of absorbs into it. So you you know, I found that there's a little a couple spots on it now that you know aren't as perfect as they you know could be. But uh, yeah, cloth seats I think are the way to go. Just for you know, getting dirty, doing all that type of stuff. Leather's nice, but if I had my way, it would be cloth seats. Well, leather uh, gets really cold, doesn't it? Oh, it yeah. does. It gets I... really cold, and it gets hard when it's extremely cold. So, yeah, right. It's it's, uh, it's it's something. But once they warm up, they're comfortable and they're nice. But uh, but like I said, but then cloth, when you're 
in the summertime when it's super hot and you're wearing shorts, your legs like burn. <laughs> yep. Well, and they stick yep. to the it, seats. There's, <laughs> yep, you're sweat, you're sticky, and it gets hot. Right. So, like I said, it's you know, I wish they would have had more options with the uh, with the recon edition, but that was you know the the uh, one that took over for the hard rock. So it was just the all boxes checked type Rubicon. So it's just it's it's what it was. So. Right, but I love it. It's a, it's a great team. Well, I, you know, we're sitting there talking about stuff, having a good time, and and I, people are out there going, "But UPS, what about UPS? Tell us some <laughs> UPS stuff." And I'm going, you know, I'm thinking about, oh crap, I, I got to ask about, uh, you know, we talked a little bit uh, uh, about uh, UPS uh, before we started, and yeah, uh, I, I, I think I've covered it, but I haven't. We haven't covered it here in the uh, in the actual interview. Now, the the thing I have to ask is, what's it like being the brown Santa? No, I enjoy it. It's uh, it's given me a lot of things. It's you know, working hard, and, and I was able to buy the jeep, of course, um, a house. But it's it's given me a lot. I never thought in a million years I would work at UPS. You know, I went to school to be a police officer. Um, that's what I wanted to do. That's the things that you know that was from eighteen. That's what I wanted to do. So joining the military, you know, doing all that type of stuff. It was always, I guess, serving others. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to do that as a police officer. Well, that didn't quite work out. This it, current police climate, all that type of stuff. It's like, well, no, maybe uh, that's not the route that I should go. Yeah. So that, being my I, job. I, you know, I think yeah. that's great because it's, it's with the, the, so many people doesn't, they just really don't seem like they appreciate the police and the, the hard job they do. I think I would Absolutely. have a really hard time being a police officer, especially after some child was hurt or molested and I had to, you know, mm-hmm. take the perp in. I, I think I'd, yeah. I would have done a lot better in the 40s and 50s with the way I'd want to treat them. For sure. And that's, you know, always that hard line. You know, you kind of put yourself in, in their shoes and you, you know, have that all, that ultimate respect and um, appreciation for that hard job that that is. Because yeah. it is not an easy job. And a lot of people think that, you know, it's just they go around and they are mean to people and do all this type of stuff. And it's like, no, no, no. It's an extremely... Hard job, hard job in your family, hard job on your personal life. You know, you have high divorce rate, high suicide rate. Like it's yeah. Well, they get really, to, they, really they, get, they get to see the worst of society, and uh, unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And and I think that if if you run across a a, a not so pleasant police officer, I, I just think it has a lot to do with putting up with the BS. I work in oh, I, can you ma- I work in IT and it's bad, but I just can't imagine what it would be like for you know a, a domestic abuse case or domestic violence or uh, even somebody just giving you uh giving you hell for pulling them over on the uh, on the highway we all play the game Absolutely. if you're if you're speeding you get pulled over just be polite and remember all the times yeah. you didn't get pulled over <laughs> that's right so adam let me ask you this um yeah i'm assuming um you've run across boxes that you have to deliver that you know are jeep parts has that <laughs> has that ever happened and have you been able to see the person who is getting the jeep parts i have actually i was able to deliver a schmitty built um front bumper to a gentleman that uh, had a jk two-door sahara i believe and uh, it was cool to be able to deliver that part to him and then see it on the jeep the next day knowing right. that you know <laughs> Not so much that I delivered it, but just knowing that he's now in that process of upgrading right. his Jeep. I think that's the cool part about delivering the parts is knowing that it's going to a Jeep that's being modified. There's nothing wrong with the stock Jeep. Very capable, awesome vehicles. But just knowing that it's going to be better 
I think that's pretty cool to know that, you know, I had a small part in that. You know, I didn't buy right. the part. I didn't make the part, but I right. got it to him. And but that's pretty cool. You're the guy we all sit and wait for every time. <laughs> that's right. Like, where is he? All those memes on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> get here, get here, get here. Know. So, you know, uh, right. Christmas time has to be a particularly um, happy time of the year because, you know, you're delivering probably a, a lot of a lot of times you're delivering presents. And, uh, but, but, but it's gotta be so many hours because I know they step it up around here in this neighborhood. I've even seen golf carts, uh, making deliveries and, and sometimes they make deliveries two and three times a day, but a lot of them are Amazon boxes. That's, that's gotta be a killer mm-hmm. too. But, uh, how is it during Christmas time? Do you guys have to work, uh, uh on Christmas Eve? Um, we do. So we do work Christmas Eve for a few hours. Um, and the precursor to that, you know, we're, we're working 50, 60 hours a week, um, even in some centers, even more. Um, they bump us up to a 70 hour a week rule. So we have that amount of time to deliver. So yeah, we're starting, um, my schedule start times 820 every morning. So we're, you know, from nine o'clock, 820, 840 to, uh, whenever the job's done. UPS has been the only job where I don't have a scheduled end time, if that makes sense, where I start, but I, I'm out there until either the team's back or I'm done, you know, stuff like that. Because you'll get your deliveries done, and then sometimes you'll have to go help other drivers. So that then, too, will add to your day. So it's whether you're fighting your own load or somebody else's. That's just just the way it is. We're one team. We're going to get the job done no matter what. um, At our office, we're a small office, and um, our office supply lady likes to order stuff. Um, from Sam's Club, and like sometimes it'll be like a a box of garbage bags, you know, that you could just run to the grocery store and get, and it's the only package we get that day, and the UPS man comes with this thing of garbage (laughs) bags, or like Slams it down and gives you a glare. Or like we order a lot of um, Amazon Marketplace stuff, like a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of, you know, soda or a box of paper towels does that annoy you people you have to deliver that stuff no the only thing that annoys me to deliver is dog food and i don't know why it does so much but i think it's because the package shifts so you'll think oh this isn't too heavy then all of a sudden you'll feel the the dog food rotate (laughs) and sometimes it'll break through the box that's really the only thing that annoys me is the dog food but uh, other than that you know the little essentials that you know it's just part of the job it's just so being a grocery store delivery boy doesn't bother you. Oh, it all pays the same. No. Yeah. Yeah, it all pays the same. You know, it's it's whether I you know I'd take that versus a 150 pound box because right. you know we get those too. So that or a, a, a bed frame or a mattress or oh, yes. a boxed up sofa. You know, that's that's what we're running into now is all those big irregulars or eregs as we call them. Mm-hmm. That's that's what's killing us. It's not the little things of paper towels we deliver those all day it's the big old you know bikes or tvs or all that type of stuff that goes into right. you know the rest of it you know the ability to walk through the truck in the in the beginning of the day is huge you know that that'll make or break your day oh but when yeah. it's brick loaded as we call it where it's you know front to back solid ooh, you gotta really how, dig how deep they, and find some motivation they stage that or, or or maybe you load your own truck i don't know no. But don't you stage that so that, you know, the, the first deliveries are where you can get to them and you don't have to dig through? Or did they just throw them in there and you're on your own? I know the answer so to they, this. Go, go ahead, Sammy. Yeah. Um, 
because my husband actually picked up a part-time job over Christmas and he was a truck loader and each package yeah. has a certain designation in the truck. And so they scan the number on the package and then they put it in a certain area in the truck. So the driver knows this package is going to be in the top left or this package is going to be, it has nothing to do where they're going. It's what the package is and where it is in the truck. Am I right? Yep, that's absolutely correct. Um, so the truck is broken down into eight sections. Um, so it's 1,000, 2,000, all the way up to 8,000. So the preloader is what your husband did. Um, has, yep, a, essentially it's called the PAL number or HIN um, number on the back. And it's a four-digit number. And it goes from 1,000 all the way to eight. And yes, it loads it right into the truck on our dyad. Um, the delivery, I forget what dyad stands for, but our little computer that you see us in, see us with, excuse me, that uh, we scan packages with, uh, shows us where our next stops are, all that type of stuff. There's a number that's associated with where the package is. So we see that and uh, that's how we know, you know, where it's located in the truck. So we also have, um, it's called Orion. That's our kind of tracking software that kind of tells us where to go next in that uh, regard. So we're always trying to make, um, Right turns, we try to mitigate left turns, um, all those things to be fast and efficient because time is money. And UPS is the best at making sure that we don't waste time. And uh, they're very good at making sure that we know where we're going, where things are, all that type of stuff. So it just, it helps, you know, in the bottom line, when you're doing 200 plus stops, you know, a day, you have to, you have to be quick or else you're going to be out there till midnight. So, right. So that, what it is. so that right turn only thing, is that something that you can definitely tell is a, a time saver? I would say so, um, especially in the heavy residential areas that I operate in. When you're able to continue to turn right versus, you know, taking that left and having to wait no longer for cross traffic to clear. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess that's what time, it is. Yeah. You know, I guess waiting for the traffic is, is where the time savings is. That, that makes sense. Yeah. Is it practical for every stop? Absolutely not. You know, but we try to cut down on it. But no, yeah. it, you know, am I going to say that every day I'm able to take all right turns? No, that's not, that's not practical. Ah, you know, that's interesting. The, yeah. The, yeah. The Orion software that we have isn't, uh, isn't the best. <laughs> so we're, we're working out the bugs. That's, you know, a multi-million dollar system that uh, oh, sure. needs, needs some improvement. Um, so yeah, so we're, we're getting there, but it's 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 taking us time. Well, it sounds like it's a, a yeah. fun job and certainly uh, a lot of work. So I was just curious: do you do you have a gym membership? Do you go work out in the gym, or is the UPS I enough don't. for you? <laughs> UPS is enough. I, I, bet. I should. It would be nice to, to have a gym membership, but, uh, but yeah, no, it's it's a physically demanding job. Yeah, yeah. Um, you're just in and out all day. Like I said, over 200 stops, you know, a day. So it's you're getting there. You're moving. You're moving quick and yeah, it my keeps your heart rate up. In that month that he worked there, he lost twenty five pounds. My yeah, goodness, I lost, I lost I lost thirty pounds when I started because you are constantly moving. Yep, and yeah, I need to go do that. Bed exhausted. Yeah, that would be pretty good. The UPS should actually start a program where uh, it's like weight, uh, weight Watchers. Yeah, weight loss, where you come in and, and they and you, they don't charge you to lose weight, but they don't pay you either. No. <laughs> 
million, that would be yeah. million dollar idea. Now, I guess they get a lot of mm-hmm. new people in, like uh, like uh, Tammy's husband. I bet you they get a lot of new people in uh, yeah, during they, the Christmas time to do these things. Uh, do they? Do they actually? I guess they don't have actually uh, part time deliverers. I would think the delivery thing is is a little more. Uh, you need more training for that than you would uh, to load uh, load a truck. For sure. We do have part-time drivers. Um, with our new contract that just came out, we have what they're called 22-4 drivers. That's the job classification. So those will be coming soon, where they're going to be kind of either part-timers or working uh, Tuesday through Sunday, things like that. So, mm-hmm. uh, yes, coming soon we do. But in my area in Minneapolis, we have airport drivers. So those those drivers are part-time as well. So, yeah, so we do have, you know, kind of a classic classification for kind of everything. But uh, our full-time drivers, those are the ones that uh, that do. They go to our undergrad um, training centers kind of all around the country where they learn how to deliver, you know, doing all this type of stuff, um, all of our procedures, all of our, you know, processes that it uh, takes to do the job. A lot of people think that it's just, you know, selecting a package, running it up to the door, driving the next one. But there's so much more to that, you know, knowing how to drive the truck safely. Um, we have depth of knowledge that we're quizzed on every month. Um, oh, kind of how to safely do the job. So yeah, it's that's interesting. Huh? That's know, really yeah, interesting. They don't just they just don't put you out there and let you go. Now, how badly do oh, you no. guys hate uh, the uh, the security cameras on these uh, on these houses, these residential oh, places? Yeah. The, the ring security centers. Yeah, <laughs> all of um, it. Like, you, you, know, know, you can't you can't do the, it, yeah. the the thing where how far can you go to get the box at the front door right. without actually having to get Throw that it, close to throwing it. it. <laughs> we, yeah, we, our bowling days are over. We're no longer yeah. Ace Ventura, pet detective. <laughs> no. Um, yeah, it's good. It's, got a bit, it's accountability. Yeah. You know, and just making sure that we're doing the right thing. So, <laughs> you know, it's, the, it's those ones that ruin it for everyone, you know, that, that end up on YouTube. Yeah. Right. So. Well, you know the the winner around here for me, and it hasn't happened that often, is the uh, U.S. Postal Service. Uh, I've I've had a a package, a little envelope, uh, not not a actual letter type thing, but a small uh, envelope type package from uh, from Amazon that uh, UPS guy t- tossed it about uh, ten feet to the door. Uh, USPS. No, no, UPS. Oh, the UPS. Yeah, oh, the UPS? That, that's what I'm saying. I've I've had one UPS uh, uh, person do that. And uh, where they just walk up, get kind of close to the door and throw it the rest of the way, which uh, I think I put that up on YouTube. But uh, it, those are always fun. It, it didn't damage anything. It's like, what the hell? You know, you had one job, dude. Yeah. That's right. You know, like, come on now. Not that hard. Uh, real quick, Adam, uh, you, uh, you were with yeah. the Army. What, uh, what, what, what did you do in the Army? And thank you for your service. Yeah, absolutely. I was in the Army. Um, my job classification was 88 Mike, so motor transport kind of operator. So I drove um, kind of everything besides a tank. That's kind of the joke I make. Um, so, you know, up-armored Humvees, um, semis, LMTVs. So that's uh, kind of like our cab-over type vehicles. Um, everything. Yeah, it was a good time. I loved I loved what I did. Um, and that was the perfect transition, you know, to UPS. Was, yeah. You know, kind of going from one military to another. Because, you know, the way our structure is at UPS, too, it, it feels very military. Huh. You know, in that regard. So it is, you know, it was good. It was great, you know, a great transition to say that. So, yeah. Now, well, now if UPS can ever get tanks, now you're talking. Yeah. That's, that's right. <laughs> where We're did you do drones? So coming soon. Where was, where did you do basic training? I did basic training at Fort Sill, Oklahoma. 
oh, okay. um, part of the Alpha 179 battery uh, there in 2011. And I went to AIT in Fort Leonardwood, Missouri, um, Charlie Company for uh, the 88 Mike School. And yeah, it was, uh, it was a good time. I loved it. And I love basic. Basic was a blast, you know, and I, they have everyone I tell that to like, Oh, you must not have had it hard enough. Then. Like, no, <laughs> That's I was, what I'm I thinking. A, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was a boy that wanted to do it for so long. It's like, you get to get up early, work out, shoot guns, play war games. Like what isn't there to love? Oh, that you know, sounds like Texas. As you, <laughs> yeah. As long as you keep your head down and do the right thing, you're not going to get yelled at, yeah. you know, so just don't be that, uh, don't be that guy that makes everyone else miserable. Thinking is not required yeah, in the gonna, military. So, you know, it's right. kind of like being in prison, but you get guns. So, <laughs> yep, you got so. Well, so how long have you been that. in Minnesota? Because I, I hear a little bit of an accent, but not a huge yeah. one. Born and raised. I've uh, really? lived here my whole life. Oh, well, that's that's because I hear it a little bit, but there's a lady a that I have to call. Um, she, they're a vendor up there in Red Wing, Minnesota, that I have to call, and she has the thickest Minnesota accent. <laughs> I can't even do it because it's that's just right. really a long. Old. And I get home, yeah. Every every time I talk to her, I get really homesick. Well, Adam, yeah. uh, uh, wrapping up here, what uh, I don't know if you have any uh, social media you'd like for people to follow you on, but uh, maybe some uh, in- interesting uh, Instagram photos or anything like that. Uh, where can people for find sure. you? Well, my, uh, I'm actually on a digital detox. I know that <laughs> sounds pretty basic and boring, but uh, but I've actually taken down my Instagram and Facebook um, just Aww. due to the fact that I, just, I need that break. Um, it's it, it can turn into an addiction and kind of turn into, you know, one of those things where it's like, you know, I need a break for a while. So it's actually been three weeks since I've, uh, Oh my so. God, how do you live? I know. <laughs> exactly. It's, he listens it's to the Jeep talk really, show. Do you get to listen to the show while you're driving or is that a no, no? No, I do. Actually, I list. That's actually how I started listening to you guys was, uh, wanting to know kind of more, not so much more about Jeeps, but just kind of knowing that the community is out there. So I did, um, through my iPhone, the podcast app on iTunes. Mm-hmm. That's how I found you guys. Um, and that's what it was. So yeah, I, I've listened to, I think at least a year, but a year's worth back of uh, shows and everything, of course, to the current episodes. So yeah, it's, it's what it is. So all day, you know, the hour and a half show, just, it, you know, my 10 hour day, you just kind of, you're there with me in the truck. It just, it just boggles my mind. I mean, if somebody had said, you know, oh, hour and a half, two hours is okay. And then actually somebody did. We did a poll and they said, yeah, longer shows were better. And I was just really surprised mm-hmm. that anybody could, you know, sit and listen to something that long. But of course, it's especially it, it, us. It, yeah, it's, it's a great thing to do when you're doing something you don't want to do because it, it, I think it helps, you know, uh, pass the time and uh, not have to focus on those dumbass drivers, which I'm sure you see a lot of. Adam, thanks oh, a lot for being absolutely. with us tonight. And thanks a lot for reaching out to us and uh, scheduling this uh, this thing up with us. And, you know, you right. guys can be, uh, be guests, too, on the show. You don't have to be a, a big time corporation. We don't want to get in that situation where. Uh, people don't think they can be a, a guest on the show. Everybody has an interesting story. Anybody that has a Jeep g- generally has an interesting story. <laughs> All right, Adam, have a great night, and uh, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks a lot, Adam. Absolutely. It was an interesting conversation. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, thanks again to Adam for taking the time to talk about his own personal Jeep story. Well, see, we told you everybody has a Jeep story to tell. Now it's your turn. Do you work in the off-road industry or know somebody who does? Maybe you would like to be on the, a guest on the Jeep Talk Show here. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com contact right now and share your idea for our next great guest. 
very well could be you. Now, if you are a listener to all the 4x4 Radio Network podcasts, I know you've heard this name before, at least the name of this product, and, and maybe uh, maybe not from, uh, from one of the shows, but uh, maybe you know it personally. We're going to have Mr. Blaine from Black Magic Breaks on next week, and uh, I actually got the idea for contacting Mr. Blaine from listening to On the, the Trail podcast, where they had uh, wonderful things to say about these uh, very nice breaks. From the wilds of Alaska to the searing heat of the Australian outback, what will you find in the back of a discerning overlanding vehicle? Well, an LT Wright Knives Overland Machete, of course. These are handmade from 1075 high carbon steel and your choice of either black or natural micarta. Need something that will stand out in the woods? Opt for the orange G10. It won't blend in with your surroundings wherever you wander. LT Wright Knives is a small company with a family feel located in Wintersville, Ohio. They have a passion for what they do. LT Wright Knives creates knives for bushcraft, everyday carry, hunting, cooking, and overlanding, so you've got a lot of choices. Each knife is thoughtfully designed, built, and tested before it heads out the door. Although they look good enough for the display cabinet, these knives, they like to work. Put the knife through its paces and you're going to know you're backed by a lifetime guarantee. So, carve, slice, and chop to your heart's content. Carry your preferred LT Wright Knives model with pride. You're helping to support an all-American company that will stand behind their product with a lifetime guarantee and the satisfaction of a job well done. These heirloom quality pieces will outlast your adventure, so plan well, drive safely, and carry an LTWK. Find out more online at ltwrightknives.com. That's ltwrightknives.com. You know, I wonder if sales are up in the UK, because that would be a a big place uh, for for knives, people wanting knives. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Hey guys, it's the FMG for again. Uh, we're going for a third time. It's a charm. Here we go. What is it and what do I want? Hopefully that one came through. All right, guys. Talk to you soon. <laughs> Yikes. What? Hold on. Let me let me take a stab at this. Um, Shelly, you know what I want. <laughs> no? There's no Shelly here. <laughs> just, Can you play it I, again? I thought maybe you were having a flashback. <laughs> Don't call me Shirley. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> the pole gives you a ma- ma- metallic taste. Did you realize? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that's from your um, your little must-have uh, for Jeep promo. Uh, uh, what is it and why do I want it? Oh, okay. <laughs> that makes sense. That's great. You know, I love that. Keep trying. We're, we're going to get Keep it. trying. Keep you know, it up. I think the biggest thing was is that before the uh, the phone was not in close enough proximity uh, to the uh, to the young man, and uh, now that it was uh, it was quite loud, so it was, uh, and I think there was a word dropped off at the end, uh, or cut off. Maybe it was he was taking the phone away from him before he t- took well, all the limelight away from him. Maybe <laughs> next time, you know, not give the kid seven cups of coffee uh, before yanking <laughs> the phone out of his hand after you ask him to t- say a sentence. So you know, just maybe we'll get him to slow down just a little bit next time. Now I'll just remind everybody this this isn't uh, I mean we we try to keep it family family friendly but I don't think this is really a, a show for kids and uh, FM Jeeper has uh, knows this and uh, he uh, he <laughs> he uh, weans him in and out on the show where it's appropriate for him to listen so we uh, we certainly love uh, hearing that uh, uh, FM Jeeper's uh, uh, young son you know I guess it's his son I don't know, maybe it's a kidnapping I'm not sure uh, oh hush. <laughs> That'd be a bad. That would be a bad plan, though. Let's here say something. (laughs) They'll be using that in the trial.
from the mind of Nikki G. Hey, this is Nikki G. And that holiday is coming up fast that every couple loves, uh, where we eat expensive snacks and food and just gorge ourselves and spend, spend the time with the people we love the most. I'm not talking about Valentine's Day. I'm talking about the Super Bowl. I don't care who wins, just as long as it's not the Patriots. <laughs> no, That's Patriots. not why I'm calling. I'm calling because yes, Sir Crapslot. I'm getting ready to tell him, boy. I'm, Sir Crapslot is very upset that you had Nate on the show three times now as a guest and not him once. <laughs> I know, buddy. It's not fair. I guess if you just want your voice heard, buddy, you're just going to have to get your own podcast. I wonder what that would sound like. Sir Craps a Lot Talk Show. Sir Craps a Lot. This week on the Sir Craps a Lot Podcast, we talk about kitty litter. Clumping or non-clumping? Which one tastes better? The mailman, is he really the enemy? And what to do with those cars once you catch them? All this and more on the Sir Craps a Lot Talk Show. Alright boys and girls, uh, I'll chat you later. Have a good one. Bye. <laughs> That you are talking scary. about the nonsensical ravings of a lunatic mind. <laughs> That's great. You must have needed this every day. I need it! It's the Deep Talk Show's must-have stuff. Pick of the week for your Jeep. Now, this item that we picked out of the uh, out of the ether, I swear that we've talked about this on the show, or maybe it was brought up because uh, there was a a a, a crowdfunding uh, you know source uh, starting little Kickstarter campaign going on yep. or something like this. I I don't know, Tammy. I thought you were the one that might have uh, have mentioned this product before, but what I'm talking about is called Deep Sleep, and uh, that's the company name, anyways. And uh, they've uh, They've got this uh, essentially an air mattress specifically designed for the JKU or the JLU uh, four-door Jeep Wranglers. And um, this is about the cost of what a, uh, a decent camping air mattress is going to cost you. Um, but, you know, our Jeeping adventures call for a durable yet comfortable air mattress when we want to sleep in our Jeeps. And, well, if you're any shorter than I am, that's probably most of you out there. <laughs> Deep Sleep maximizes usable sleep space and creates a solid six feet of sleeping length. Made of thick nylon-coated PVC and easy to clean, I-beam designed for even air displacement even when used by two Jeepers. Its shape contours around the console when the rear seats and the headrest are folded down and the front seats are fully pulled forward making the most of your Jeep sleep experience. Now, this can be purchased with or without a pump. Um, this mattress can be inflated with any electric or battery-powered air pump, such as your onboard air system, providing you have the right end on the hose, of course. Uh, it comes with a lightweight protective duffel bag, carrying case and storage case, um, and also stores very compactly when not in use to leave room for all of your other off-roading essentials. And this is made by Jeepers with fellow Jeepers in mind. And, of course, we'll have a link to get one of these for your very self uh, in the show notes for this episode. You guys are familiar with the uh, the stickers and the T-shirts where they take uh, Jeep and they turn it upside down? Yes. And they make a little modification, I think, to it. And it looks like beer, but it's, yep. it's Jeep upside down. I'm thinking with a, a little creative uh, work here, you can make that beer sleep. It's actually on the oh. on the end <laughs> on the end yeah, of the air mattress. It says "Deep Sleep" for you for you folks that don't see our show notes. 
And uh, so the beer sleep would be you know, quite quite funny and, and, and actually funny for the police officer when he pulled you over for drunk driving. It very much looks like they took the the Jeep yeah, logo, the you know the word Jeep, and just kind of added a little bit extra to the J to make it a D, and then with the same font, put in the word sleep right next to it. Yeah, I mean it's it's very much a Jeep product, uh, Jeep looking product. Now I'm six foot three. I, I, there's no way that I can sleep in a Jeep, even a JKU. Um, my my own XJ Cherokee, uh, even corner to corner, I, it's just not long enough. Uh, not unless I remove the front one of the front seats. Uh, and that way, it gives me a little bit of extra room. I can actually sit there without cricking my head off to one side. So um, this is very cool. If you're going to be, if you're six feet or under, I, I would say. If you're six foot two, six foot three, if you're a big guy like me, uh, likely this is not going to work out for you. It would probably be more uncomfortable than anything, uh, but may, might be a great option for the kids. Leave them in the Jeep while you're out in the tent. So um, I don't know, but something out there, uh, the price is not horrible uh, for what this thing is and for what it can do for you. So uh, go check it out. So Josh, are you a, a foot on or off the mattress? Or can you be either way? No, I can be either way. Um, it it kind of depends. I mean, I've, I've got big feet. I got size, size 14 feet. So, I mean, it's a lot of mass hanging off the edge of the bed. <laughs> if, my, if my foot hangs off the edge of the bed, chances are the rest of the leg is going with it. Yeah. So, uh, you'd be okay if you could actually have the room for your feet. I guess if you, uh, if you left the, uh, the, the tailgate, uh, not tailgate, but the, uh, the hatch open on, the, on your Cherokee, you could hang your feet out there and solve two, uh, two problems at one time. Yeah, that would be about the only way that I could uh, I could get away with it. But at that point, uh, you might as well just be, you know, on the air mattress in a tent. <laughs> well, now that you must have a deep sleep air mattress for your own Jeep, we'll make it easy for you. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com and look for the link in the show notes for episode 370. You'll have it there and well, you can find one for yourself. Well, as you noticed, I'm driving the wife's Jeep because uh, mine uh, mine has a leak. Uh-oh. What happened? Yeah, so you you actually uh, sprung a leak in the radiator. Now, this is the the second second or third oh, radiator God. that you've... No. Fifth? <laughs> I <laughs> wish. Seven. Frequent flyer miles here. <laughs> I think we got, he's uh, in the radiator buyer's club. Well, I, I don't know if you guys, if I told you about this or not, but I've been having this uh, highway uh, heat creep problem, a little overheating issue yeah. uh, over the years, and uh, I, I, I don't usually talk about myself, but so I probably haven't mentioned this, um, but uh, I probably had five or six radiators uh, in, in that thing because I was trying various radiators because it's like, damn it, I'm going to fix this. I want to take this thing off road. I spent all this time and, and, uh, uh, you know, making me a built, not bought Jeep. I want to take it off road and actually use it. So trying to find a solution. So, uh, yeah, anyway, that, uh, I found that the one that works best is the, uh, factory radiator, the heavy duty factory radiator from Chrysler. And, uh, that's what was in it. But of course that's plastic end caps. You know how they crimp those things on. And it looks like the uh, the crimp came undone. And actually, just Aww. just the other day, I was thinking, I'm amazed that the radiator hasn't hasn't gone south on me because of that big overheating thing I had problem in July when I went out to uh, uh, Hidden uh, Hidden Valley, not Hidden Valley. I'm thinking of the Hidden food Valley now. Ranch. Yeah. 
<laughs> just just take some buttermilk and have a great time. Well, no, road. but you know, Tony, when you when you got hot like that, chances are the system overpressurized, yeah. and uh, and likely that's what probably um, sent that radiator on its way out, and it, and it took a little while for it to finally a long you know, while blow out that seam. But yeah. hey, that's something to be said about that that radiator. Oh, very good. Uh, they're very expensive. They're upwards of three hundred dollars, but of course it's a you know Chrysler factory type uh, thing. So oh, yeah. I'm going to try something that I haven't tried in a number of years, uh, an all-aluminum radiator, which came in today. It, it's a, huh. a three-core. I, I know I told Josh, and I was surprised to find that there was actually a four-core aluminum radiator oh, wow. available. And I thought, hey, might as well put a, a make sure that no air gets through the radiator. By- <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> but, let's go with 27 cores, you know. <laughs> So it came in today, and I'll be replacing that this weekend. And uh, the the thing I was really surprised about was one hundred and fifty seven dollars free shipping from Amazon. That's pretty good for for all aluminum three core radiator. Uh, I, that's really good compared to a lot of the prices I've seen out there. I figure worst case is is that uh, I can uh, talk about it on the show if it's if it's, if it's a piece of crap and uh, go and get the the real expensive radiator, but. Um, I want to try the, you know, I've been, I want to solve this, this heat creep problem so I can actually go to off-road parks, you know, like during the summertime and, um, you know, you know why not? Let's give it a try. Well, it looks like we're both going to be doing radiator installs, uh, this weekend. I, I, uh, after last weekend, um, am having to redo my, uh, my heater core installation all oh over again. God. Uh, not that I screwed it up. Well, I kind of did, but the heater core itself, uh, the part of the installation, I, I didn't, everything went real smooth. Um, doing all this myself, I, I would say, um, if you are taking on a project like this yourself, definitely have a friend with you. I thought that I could, I would, you know, be able to do this by myself. And I did for the most part, uh, but it would have made things so much easier to have somebody there to, to kind of hold the dash up out of the way or, or, you know, kind of help you manipulate, manipulate things as you're fighting gravity or trying to fight gravity and hold the dash up all at the same time while playing a reverse game of Tetris to get the damn heater core out of the cavity in the dash to begin with. Um, throughout all of this, and it was probably took me about eight hours to fully do the job, um, from the time I walked into the garage to the time I was washing my hands. Um, and in that process, I realized that I forgot a piece. Um, the, uh, main gasket that seals the heater core, the, the, actually the, the fan, the blower motor part of the heater core HVAC box part, uh, to the firewall itself. Um, the back of the blower motor kind of sticks through an opening in that firewall and it's that opening in which the seal protects. And, uh, and I don't need that. No, you don't, (laughs) unless you don't mind sucking trail dust and having water pool on the carpet or having a bunch of cold air. Just put a bucket, get you one of those dish things, you know, square and rectangular. I I thought about, well, I'm just going to, you know, uh, put some spray foam in there. No, you jackass, you don't do that because the spray foam collects water and it's going to make your firewall rust. You're an idiot. If you're thinking you're going to do that. (laughs) Seriously, don't ever use spray foam anywhere in your vehicle where moisture can get to. It it will absolutely hold on to that moisture like a never-ending sponge, and you'll find that that panel will rust out faster than you can say, oh, crap. Um, When you say spray foam, what do you mean by spray foam? So expanding foam. Closed cell poly expansion foam is is the scientific method. It's otherwise known as great stuff or good stuff. Uh, It comes in a red can with a yellow top and a long hose on it. Um, you spray the stuff and it, and it starts expanding drastically, yeah. very quickly, uh, and then My husband hardens. sprays that crap everywhere. 
It's great around the house. Trust me, the stuff is awesome around the around the house, but it is a nightmare on a vehicle. Uh, and you never, ever want to be the person coming in afterwards and like, why can't I get in here? Oh, they filled this entire cavity with spray foam. That is awesome. Also makes great for uh, trail repairs and the tire shops love it. <laughs> oh, good Lord. <laughs> No, so could, you, could you imagine having all that foam in a tire? That'd be fine. I, it couldn't. I, no, that would just be <laughs> horrific. But seriously, don't don't have a can of that in your garage unless it's used on the house. But um, and so then I'm thinking, oh well, I've seen people that have water leak issues there, and they just use some RTV. This gasket is three quarters of an inch thick when compressed. No RTV is not going to work. So um, the only way to do this right is to pull the dash back off, pull the heater core back out. I got to unhook everything. I mean, I, I am at the point right now of where all I had left to do was my electrical fan and radiator install. I mean, I was done with the install. Uh, now I have to basically tear it all back out because I forgot this one damn gasket. I'm so pissed. <laughs> it happens. But it, it happens. But it's uh, you'll be doing it in record time. I, you know, if you do this en- uh, enough, you'll be able to do the whole job in five minutes. Well, yeah, there's a video online I hear that's <laughs> on YouTube. Uh, some 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 guy has done this in five minutes. It's uh, it is probably the most hated video on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> the most thumb downs. I thought this was gonna be a They <laughs> legitimately thought that you could do it in five minutes. No, Tammy, no I uh, I videoed uh, uh, changing the uh, the heater core. Actually, all the items the 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 fan blower, the evaporator, and the the heater core, everything that's in that box, uh, I changed all those things out. Actually, a friend of mine, Matt, did. And I set up cameras and, and videoed the whole thing. And then I brought that video in and uh, uh, made it go by really fast. And then the title was, change out your heater core in your Jeep Cherokee in uh, five minutes. <laughs> which, was, which even a qualified technician can't do it in under four to five hours. Yeah. So your typical your typical Jeeper does it in about six to eight. Uh, and yeah, this video shows that you can do it in five minutes. So obviously everybody's just like, <gasps> you know, oh, oh, I got to watch this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's and they, the they get into it and 6.5 million views and <laughs> 8.5 million, you son of a bitch, comments. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It had good music to it too. It was like the William Taylor Overture. <laughs> so, <laughs> so Tammy, well, as was teased in, earlier in the show, what is all this going on with the Onion Challenge? We've talked about it over the last couple of weeks. You're kind of in this social media race with uh, with somebody else. Uh, give us some backstory about what's going on and uh, what the latest is on this. Well, I was reaching closer to 3,000 subscribers on YouTube, and so was the Bearded Jeeper, and we've done some collaborative stuff before, and I met him at Crawling for Cops, so I reached out to him, and I said, hey, do you want to do a YouTube challenge race? You know, whoever hits 3,000 first, you know, we just kind of bannered back and forth, and he's like, sure, cool, so whoever loses has to bite into a raw onion. So we did this video and we're like posting away, getting people to share. And um, the other night he hit um, 3,000 subscribers and he sent me a a Facebook message (laughs) with, you know, the slicing the onion and crying. And and I'm like, oh, whatever. So then all all of a sudden I see these comments on 
um, my YouTube video, oh my God, you're getting closer. And I'm like, what are they talking about? He, after about two hours of being at 3K, he dropped about 15 subscribers. So he went back down. Oh, and all of a no. sudden, I just sped up and I hit 3,000 subscribers and he still hadn't yet. So, I mean, technically he won because oh, he absolutely. hit 3,000 subscribers first. I think you both have to eat an onion at this point. I'll back, I'll backtrack <laughs> what I was just saying because, you know, more onion eating is just more better for us. Right. So, um, anyway, I was going by the rules because he did hit 3,000 first. So, I posted a video, gosh, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, last night. I did it last night. So, I posted a video, and Tony, you will like this. Um, Red onion. My top five ways to bite into an onion. <laughs> so You probably have to have a few drinks first, right? Oh, that's, yeah. I'm sorry, that's something different. Um. So the thing is, too, we never specified what kind of onion. So um, there's a video on YouTube where I bit into an onion five different ways. Um, standing <laughs> on my head. No, I'm kidding. Um, so I tried out. It was It's a pretty fun video. I had a good time. So, Tammy, I um, think that your publicist uh, is the, the blame here because if I, if I was your publicist, I would have done, made the challenge not biting into an onion, but having to shave your beard. Well, that's what some people, well, actually, <laughs> some people said that after, oh, and I had to wear a beard while biting an onion. Oh, if he, perfect. If, if my beard sucked. Um, if he lost, he would have had to wear a purple wig biting into an onion. <laughs> so um, it was all in good fun. It was just to get us both to hit 3,000 subscribers. Everybody's and, a winner. Yep. Um, and speaking of hitting 3,000 subscribers, like I promised everyone, I'll be doing a video. Hopefully, it'll um, air on YouTube, air, upload. I'll upload it on YouTube this Saturday. Once I hit 3,000 subscribers, I'm going to do a giveaway. So I have lots of Jeep swag to give away. So head over to my YouTube channel um, Sunday evening-ish, and I'll have all the rules in that video on how you could win some good fun stuff is it patriot stuff you just warn people ahead of time yeah. there's some purple stuff <laughs> no no patriot stuff oh there we go oh that reminds me uh i stopped into the grocery store uh after work the other day and in the parking lot um there was this big beautiful cj7 in bright purple uh, with awesome. the scallops and everything, and uh, and I took a couple of really quick pictures because I was I was kind of in a line of traffic waiting to get out of the uh, 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 the parking lot. But I'm I'm sending that to you um, guys right now in chat. But I uh, saw that thought of Tammy immediately, and I was just like, oh oh yeah, no, that's got Tammy written all over it. Right. Uh, it's not modern. It's definitely old school. I think a CJ5 might be a CJ7. I again I was uh, in, in sort of in a rolling taking a picture using my phone when I shouldn't have. Uh, sort of thing, but uh, yeah, saw that. And speaking of you know seeing purple things and thinking of Tammy, oh there you go. And it's so I'll, funny how that is. Everybody, oh I saw this purple Jeep, or and they send me pictures, or oh check out this purple thing. Everybody sends me purple. You got to start getting a wall put up, you know, of all of the uh, the, the purple Jeep pictures you've gotten I over should. the years, you know, and just kind no, of an homage to purple Jeeps. 
So I'll uh, I'll make sure that you guys uh, have those uh, those pictures that Josh was re- just referring to in the show notes for this episode 370. Oh. We're almost to episode 400. It's only going to be like yeah, what six years more Another, than- <laughs> six months or something. Yeah, thirty episodes out, almost a year. <laughs> Well, let's get into some events from around the world and maybe in your neck of the woods. And don't forget to let us know about the event that you have going on, that you know about or that you are planning. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact, click and fill out our wheeling wear form. The information comes straight to us and we'll, we will get it straight out to the masses. Coming up March 1st through the 3rd, we have the 57th annual Tierra del Sol TDS Desert Safari in Truck Haven, California. Uh, this is a pretty big one, guys. This is the largest and longest-running off-road event in Southern California, so it's it's definitely worth a checkout. Uh, and of course, coming up uh, here, the well, second week of May or uh, April, rather, uh, it is the big one, guys. Uh, Moab, Utah. The Red Rock Four Wheelers presents the Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. Uh, we'll have a link for more information on that. And hey, real quick, if anybody is going to the Ultra Four Racing King of the Hammers. Uh, happening this coming weekend, um, well, uh, well, we, we want to hear about it. Uh, let us know. We'd like to perhaps maybe get you some stickers to hand out while you're there or maybe instruct you how to grab us an audio sampler or two if you're willing. Either way, we'd love to hear your recap once you're back. If you're willing to uh, chat with us a little bit about your experience uh, heading out to King of the Hammers, please get in contact with us. We'll make it worth your while. For more information on these events and the links and, of course, all the good stuff, visit the JeepTalkShow.com website for this episode. We'll have it all at your fingertips. So I thought I'd mention real quick, I've uh, I've been uh, uh, told again about the Jeep invasion, the first Jeep invasion that's happening in uh, Texas uh, coming up in March. Uh, Stephanie Lynch uh, sent me an email. You may remember that name as a, a past uh, interviewee. Uh, and, uh, she forwarded me some information, uh, that she had received, uh, all back in November. <laughs> it took a while. Uh, but, uh, I have reached out to the uh, Jeep invasion folks and, uh, we, uh, hopefully we can get them on here to uh, do a little interview. So you guys in, uh, in Texas, or maybe, uh, willing to travel to Texas, uh, might want to come to, uh, Conroe, Texas for this, uh, uh, first Jeep invasion in Texas. You know, I've complained to both of you guys before that I just it just pisses me off that you guys have all these things going on uh, where you live and we have nothing here or or it's really far away, you know, because Texas is so damn big. And uh, to have something that's only about an hour away, an hour drive, uh, that's wonderful. Heck yeah, and we'll have some more information on that uh, coming up next week, and we'll get you guys all the uh, all the good stuff about how you guys can get involved in the Lone Star Jeep Invasion. That's it for the show for this week, fellow Jeeper. Until next week, be sure to help us dominate social media by liking and friending us on Facebook. And as always, thank you for listening to the world's most downloaded Jeep podcast. Of course, back then, we just grab a guy by the straps, look him right in the eye, and say, suck my differential breather tube and lick my ball joints. Podcasting since 2010.